0: Super Bowl 55, the commercials, and the halftime show next on the Neon Fish Podcast. Thank you once again for joining me on the Neon Fish Podcast. My name is Kevin Newsom, your host, and I have with me today my friend Cole, who has come here to talk with me about Super Bowl 55. We're going to talk about some of the commercials that stood out to us. We'll talk about the halftime show, um, and then we'll just talk a little bit about uh, how churches should engage with Super Bowl Sunday. So, uh, Cole, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) And... uh, First of all, I uh, just want to let y'all know, this is, this is not a sports podcast. <laughs> we are not going to analyze the game. We're not going to talk about any of those things, really. This is an arts and entertainment podcast. And so we're going to talk about this all of this strictly from the arts and entertainment perspective. And once again, thank you for joining, whether you're on YouTube or on your podcast. We're certainly glad for you to be here. So... Super Bowl 55. First of all, before we get anything, I want to acknowledge the elephant in the room to all the artists and graphic designers out there. Yes, the logo for Super Bowl 55 was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. (laughs) It looked like 54. Yeah. Because they put that trophy in the middle.
1: Yeah. Because I was very confused that they kept calling it 55, but then it was showing... With the Ivy, <laughs> yeah, it looked
0: like '54. So, you know, we're we're not going to talk. I don't know who did the graphic design. We're not going to really talk about that. But I, I do want to acknowledge because we, we, some of you may be graphic designers and artists. But uh, um, yes, we know it was it was bad, yeah. and uh, they should have. Put a little bit more thought into it. I don't know. In hindsight, I think it might have might have been very appropriate—a <laughs> little uh, conversation starter. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're not going to talk about the game that much, but let's talk about the game and yeah. get it out of the way. Yeah. So uh, the game in general, we were expecting this this showdown mm-hmm. between two tremendous quarterbacks: Patrick Mahomes. Um, we got uh, um, um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's the guy. Yeah. Uh, and we were expecting this this huge showdown, and we didn't get it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a football guy. This was the first football game I've watched all year, uh, so coming into it from from that standpoint, I think I was expecting to see two of the best going at it, and uh, I feel like I saw one of the best going at it.
0: <laughs> well, and, and you know, from from an entertainment point perspective, I I really like a very quarterback heavy yeah. offense heavy football game. It's fun to watch. Yeah. What we got was a very defense heavy game. Yeah, a lot of penalties. Tom Brady didn't win the game. No, the the Buccaneers' defense won the game. you right. <laughs> There's what a we, lot of truth in that. What we saw was Tom Brady just just go just another day at the office. Mm-hmm. We didn't see anything special. Mm-hmm. He was just another day at the office. We saw Patrick Mahomes running and on his back. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and making some crazy throws. If you've never watched Patrick Mahomes, right. He can, he can do some things that people other people can't do. He was throwing things flying through the air and hitting his receivers between the eyes, wow. and they couldn't catch it. Mm. But we didn't see him making the kinds of things we were expecting. So
1: Yeah, I heard the analyst uh, saying pretty frequently uh, they were just seeing a lot of things you're not supposed to see at this level of the game. Like, you're in the Super Bowl. You should not be making the kind of mistakes you're making. Right, And that was the sense, I mean, and... and
0: all honesty, it you know there were times I just got bored and got up and did dishes. Honestly. Yeah, you you uh <laughs> you win the penalty game, you win the game. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the team with the least amount of penalties is usually the winner, now. Yeah. All right, so sure. we're gonna move on. So yes. there you go, uh, non sports people, we have done our share of the sports stuff. We're not gonna talk any more about it. So yeah, there we go. we've got uh, commercials, and we've got the halftime show. What do you want to talk first? Uh, we can go whatever you want there. <laughs> Let's talk commercials okay. first. first. Um, I don't know. Did anything stand out to you?
1: Um, uh, you know, I just... My general takeaway was that everything was just kind of o- underwhelming, I yes. think. I think you kind of come into the Super Bowl, especially in perspective of the commercials, just kind of expecting to be blown away. I mean, we know how much money's being thrown at those slots. Um, that's usually a really big advertising time, and just I just wasn't blown away. Nothing. I
0: got the... Um impression that a lot of these companies spent most of their budget trying to get celebrities oh absolutely there and, were a lot of big faces they just weren't doing a whole lot <laughs> they spent their budget on celebrities and and not on a quality writer right <laughs> for yeah. the commercial exactly <laughs> so you got a mediocre commercial with a bunch of big faces mm-hmm. in it the best commercials didn't have celebrities
1: yeah,
0: yeah. and I saw a lot of um uh, a lot of some of the best commercials that you're gonna Probably going to come out of some of the best commercials were the ones that were sort of playing on the emotionalism coming out of 2020. Yeah,
1: definitely. That and, and a very humanistic element, considering mm. all the other elements from 2020 right, um, that were coming in to play as well.
0: The uh, Jeep commercial stood out to me did you were you still watching when the Jeep commercial came on what was it you know, uh it's about the little chapel in the middle of the U- of the United States no uh, and how uh, uh, just this this represents a, a way of we can we can come together and we can meet in the middle mm. um, to me that was the standout wow i hate to miss done. that compared to it's it's already been compared to the uh, farmer commercial um, that was done a few years ago narrated by um, um I oh, don't no, I just forgot the guy's name. <sighs> That's what happens when you get over forty, right? <laughs> anyway, most of you will know who I'm talking about um, Paul Harvey. That there is the go, guy. Go, Paul Harvey. Go. It was narrated by Paul Harvey, <laughs> yeah. right? Right, right. The the farmer commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been compared to that already. I got you. Wow. Um, what about the uh, the the oat milk commercial?
1: Yeah, that was uh, interesting. Even more so that it was the CEO playing. Uh keyboard and kind of being a little goofy there Um, might be one
0: of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen
1: yeah and and you know with all the money and everything that went into the production of the super bowl i was i was a little surprised at the very poor uh lombardi cgi
0: (laughs) at the beginning the lombardi cgi might might have actually been better in person yeah maybe just didn't translate to television translate as well yeah um the uh of course the the Bud Light commercials are always very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, especially the one about the lemons. Yeah. Well I
1: like that the the guy from the Real Men of Genius songs was making a cameo in the in the one
0: commercial. So that was awesome because those were always fun. Right. So um but overall just a mm-hmm. eh. When it comes to the commercials, a lot of people watch the Super Bowl for the commercials and they were probably as disappointed in the commercials as the sports people were in the game. Yeah, it was pretty underwhelming across the board. (laughs) And then you've got your people who come to watch the big halftime show. Right. And again, underwhelming. It was an interesting choice. Um,
1: And I had to do a little bit of homework after this because... Uh, I was really confused why there were so many guys running around on the field with uh,
0: jockstraps on their heads. Um, <laughs> we, my wife and I compared it to the plague masks. Yeah, you know? yeah no, they
1: definitely had a jockstrap vibe, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know the message there. Um, but, you know, kind of looking into it, I, I guess this is a thing The Weeknd has been doing for a while now. It's kind of his commentary on uh, the way people are kind of mutilate their faces Uh, trying to attain beauty because uh, in the video for his big hit, Blinding Lights, uh, you see him getting beat up. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that's when he began even appearing in public, wearing these bandages at award shows and performances and stuff. And then he put out a follow-up video in January of 2021 this year where he has very exaggerated plastic surgery features. Um, So I think he was trying to carry that theme into the show without donning it himself but man just as somebody who wasn't familiar with that story it was just you know i was like okay they just decided to put okay. jog straps yeah on i mean you think somebody faces. would have
0: said said hey hey let's stop <laughs> right. we're the football game <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay maybe we shouldn't make this image right. you know, at a football game <laughs> a little, a little do, do you know what this looks like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And uh, nobody nobody stopped. Him, so yeah. They went ahead and did it. Yeah. Um, just uh, some some other they they put the halftime show at the end of the stadium rather mm. than in the center. And I think that might have been because of um, just the volunteers yeah. that it would take to to set it up. Um, so they they were obviously trying to maintain some sort of social distancing with all of his his futuristic bionic yeah. choir. Well, they had the jockstrap masks
1: covered for sure. Yeah, they
0: had their masks on, <laughs> so we can at least give them that. Um, uh, parts of it seem to, be, to have been deliberately designed with television in mind yeah. instead of being well, yeah, like for a live audience. like that live maze where he took mm-hmm. us
1: uh, into the golden maze there, um, definitely, because the audience couldn't have really been part of that other than on a screen somewhere.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't too familiar with the weekend's stuff. I only were, was familiar with two of his songs, mm. so uh, his music is not you know my musical scene. Right. right so right. I haven't heard a lot of his stuff. I don't know how familiar you were with him. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. Yeah, um,
1: I thought that's why I thought it was a very interesting choice. But I know that right now, you know he's he's been kind of getting bigger and bigger coming out of 2020. So. But um, I was very
0: surprised that there were no other musicians.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you saw. Uh, yeah, at one point you saw a guitar player with like a glitter mask all over their face, but that was really the only other musician I saw.
0: But uh, I'm talking about no no names, right? No, right. No, right, no, no yeah. more names that showed up. Yeah. Normally in the halftime show you'd have two or three. Yeah. Different groups that would make an appearance and yeah. do a, one or two songs, um, but it was it was just him. Yeah. It this, was just him. This would have been the year for Left Shark to come back. So. From a
1: few Who? years ago. Left shark, was it Katy Perry? Oh the one shark that gosh. just fell out of sync with everything? <laughs> oh, Katy Perry. We needed Left Shark. This I don't year. think we did. <laughs>
0: um, what do you think of the sound quality? Of the halftime show? Yes.
1: Um I actually uh, one of the things I, I appreciated about the halftime show was Uh, It was very obvious that he was actually singing. I know that those kind of productions and everything, that everything is typically pre-recorded, lip-synced, I mean, just from the logistical standpoint. But he was actually singing. Um, Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that it sounded terrible on the TV. Yeah, especially at the beginning. At the beginning, you couldn't even hear him. Right. And
0: he's like, you know, his
1: name has the in
0: front of it. He's the (laughs) the one thing you should be hearing, right? For a... um, a halftime show that was designed to be appealing to a TV audience okay. because the in live in person audience had was greatly diminished mm-hmm. um, for the probably the highest rated single program in the entire year mm-hmm. year after year with some of the highest budget that they could possibly get for for. Five minutes worth of music, right? right. Five yeah. ten minutes worth of music, they could have done better. Oh, absolutely. They yeah. they had they could have had access to the best sound engineers and producers available, and probably had them. Right. What went wrong? Right. I, and I these don't... are broadcast
1: teams that should have been seasoned at this point. I mean, you don't you don't bring an all new crew that's not done a production of this type before into a, an event so big.
0: Yeah, and and the type of people and the type of know how. That within thirty seconds, minute, minute and a half mm-hmm. would have already fixed the problem.
1: Absolutely, it took a while for the for them to get it leveled out. Uh, it took a very long, and it, I mean, it was uh, it, my wife and I. I mean, we 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 commented on that like you can't even hear. It
0: like, was almost as if it. it was almost as if they were miking the live speakers. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Rather than having a direct feed into the mm-hmm. broadcast, they had they had mics that mic'd the live show, and those live mics were going to the broadcast. That's that's yeah. the vibe that I got. Yeah, that I, I, I totally get that. So, uh, which may explain why it took
1: them so long to kind of figure it out, because they could have just fixed it on a board. Music nerds here. Yeah. This is uh...
0: <laughs> Well, that's what this podcast is that's all about. Try. Cole. I mean, there's you,
1: you get the X Man. You got guitars all over the place here. <laughs>
0: it's it's arts and entertainment right arts right. entertainment and fandom and faith that's what this Dang podcast is all about um so yeah overall uh beginning the end just kind of an underwhelming experience
1: yeah um like i said i you know, admittedly, full disclosure tapped out about halfway through. I, I hung in there through uh, the weekend's performance, and then after that, I said, you know, I just I don't feel like there's anything left that I need to see in this game, um, and just was content to watch highlights the rest of it. I, th- I felt like the game was pretty much over come halftime, and I know that, you know, sometimes coming out of halftime, you know, that other team, the team that's down, can just come back and just steamroll. But uh, I just
0: wasn't seeing it going into it, and so <laughs> so um, yeah just very very mm-hmm. underwhelming if y'all have any other opinions leave a comment in uh, YouTube or uh, um, yeah I guess you can't comment on podcasts but yeah. hey jump on jump on YouTube find the video and, mm-hmm. and leave me a comment if you have any disagreement so uh, Cole uh, churches ha- and Christian mm-hmm. Christianity evangelicalism whatever you want to put it have a love-hate relationship with Super Bowl yes. Uh, the pandemic sort of, kind of, uh, it, it, it kind of skirted and unnoticed right. this year because so many churches are not having, uh, if they're having anything, they're certainly not having their Sunday night stuff, mm-hmm. very sparsely. There's not a lot of, a lot of activity going on, um, church, on Sunday evenings. And so the Super Bowl is sort of just kind of passed without much yeah. notice, but. Um, You know, some churches will will use it as uh, an evangelism tool to invite Mm -hmm. the community in and they'll they'll preach at halftime. Some churches will cancel their service because half their people are going to go stay home and watch it anyway Mm -hmm. because, let's face it, a lot of people want to watch it. Mm -hmm. And then you got some churches that um, just say, well, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to keep going and Mm -hmm. pretend there isn't a game. Right. What do you think? How should, how should we approach this sort of thing? So next year, when hopefully we're back to normal, and the question is going to come up. Do we cancel? Do we use it? Uh, or do we just plow through as if it's not even happening?
1: Uh, I think ignoring it's the wrong answer for sure. Um, I, I'm not saying that uh, churches should rearrange their whole schedule around a non-church event like that. I mean, it's... You know, it's, it's a sports game. You know, we, we all, anybody who's a college football fan, you're not. You're, we're all familiar with uh, rivalries there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we certainly don't uh, make any arrangements to accommodate those. I mean, typically those fall on non-Sundays. But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, uh, I, I believe there's opportunity there. Um, what that looks like, I don't really know. Um, because I feel like some of the elements that are parts of these productions, mm-hmm. they leave a lot of opportunities that are going to require explanation. Um,
0: I think for me... Because you have a younger, younger right, audience. Right.
1: Well, that that's, that's for me a barometer of what I should and should not be watching in my home is mm-hmm. always, is this going to create an uncomfortable situation that I'm going to have to explain to the kids? Right. Um, and, and I feel like with...
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and what we did not get last night was the the J Lo Shakira experience. Oh, right, right, type right, of thing yeah. that that you know a lot of parents are a little cringy about letting their right, kids but, watch. And of course, people think back to the um, to the incident, right, right, the, yeah, the incident, right, the, <laughs>
1: the the malfunction,
0: the the wardrobe malfunction, <laughs> right. Um, right but the, like. <laughs> we didn't one. get that with the weekend. <laughs> right. It, it yeah. was it was safe
1: it was safe now uh the content of his music you know, if you had your captions on and the kids were paying attention maybe you'd have to explain some stuff um but
0: uh well, you couldn't hear him singing anyway right so that's what i'm saying like as long as your captions were
1: off you were in you're pretty good shape but <laughs> um no uh i don't i don't know what that answer looks like i don't know what the what i feel like the right thing would be um i do know that pretending it's it's not out there isn't a good example, uh, I think, where Christians benefit most from watching something like the Super Bowl is I feel like it really gives us a, a a gauge of how the other half think, uh, as as I've heard it put before. Um, you know, uh, you know, watching the commercials, uh, all the the humanistic elements that were coming in, the stories about people and people's stories, and um, you know, there there's a narrative that was there, um, and I sometimes wonder if that's mm-hmm. is that that's a narrative right. that people believe, or is it a narrative we're being told and and they're wanting people to get on board with? I don't really know, but um, there's there's a lot of of sermon room that can come out of that, but it can't happen
0: unless well, really, and, and honestly, the the narrative I'm, I'm going to put a name to it because yeah, okay. we've actually had. Uh, discussions about this over the past few days. I mean, recently mm-hmm. here in in the offices amongst the other pastors here, um, and it's it's a postmodern right to self identity. Absolutely. And so, uh, in postmodernism, we think of uh, a lot of the churches are dealing with moral relativism and mm-hmm. and and the the and what is truth and absolute truths and and the the relative truths that of, of postmodernism that we're trying to teach. Uh, are people not to buy into and, and to stand for absolute truth? Um, but that's only one side of postmodernism. Absolutely, yeah. there's another side of postmodernism that we're kind of neglecting, and it's starting to come to light. We're, we're starting to see more people are writing about, it, more people are talking about, it because mm-hmm. the narrative is there, and that's the exact narrative you're talking about. Yeah. It's the right to self identity. Right. It's it's this idea that we can determine for ourselves what kind of identity we want Mm -hmm. and what kind of things we identify with. And so this this narrative that you're you're seeing through all of these things is is be who you want to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, become the the greatest potential of of who you were meant Uh, to be. You know, find the identity that you want to have. Mm. Is basically what they're saying. Um, so that's what it is, and and we're starting to see a whole lot more of that coming to light. It's interesting you brought that up, yeah, because we've had a lot of discussions just in the past few days. Well, about the and same I think uh, kind of piggybacking on that, you know, I, I think
1: that that's an American cultural thing. Uh, kind of going back to the weekend, you know, the weekend has always seemed a little bit different outside of American. Ideology, because he's Canadian, um, and we mm-hmm. see a lot of different thinking coming out of Canada. Um, they may have already gone down this path a long time ago. Yeah, they're a little but, bit ahead of us. Right, right. But there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a certain element to um, the production of his, his content uh, that is vastly different from American culture, in that it, there's not a lot of meanness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, but there isn't. Um, it's hard to write from your own perspective without talking about yourself, but,
0: <laughs> right.
1: um, but no, this uh, you. Were, I was seeing it a lot in the pre pre show, um, the 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 pre kickoff pre show, the pre <laughs> all the, all the all the various uh, show elements, the pre halftime reports. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, that that narrative is really sticking out, and I saw it very consistent across. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Super Bowl production itself, the commercial content—it mm-hmm. um, was pretty, pretty noticeable. Um, and I don't know if that's an
0: our camp kind of thing, but uh, I, I, well, it's 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 a little of both. We have to learn to deal with it and and how to talk about it and, yeah. and how to teach our people to address it, um, not just just from a a, um, a perspective of, of how are we going to um, sort of correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, our own people correct our own theologies our own um thinking uh to move away from some of that right um but to also to know how to in, engage people who are entrenched mm-hmm. in, in some of this self-identity uh issues i think it's going to be a, a really important issue yeah. uh, for the church moving forward as far as uh, the super bowl how it relates mm-hmm. to the super bowl well the super bowl gives us uh, gives us a talking point absolutely absolutely the commercials gives us a talking point
1: right and and they're all they're all trying to say here's where you can find your hope and
0: mm-hmm. well we have that answer and we, we've we, got the market cornered there <laughs> we, we can push to well did you see this commercial what did you think about this well, have you ever thought about jesus in right. this capacity right um, a really good good way good way to get into a conversation um, as far as the, the church as a whole i, I don't see that uh, it's healthy to bring that kind of secular content into what is largely a a sacred type space, a a protected, I should say, a protected space. Um, But, uh, you know, using it maybe for block parties, um, home parties or things like that as an evangelistic tool. um, I think it's something that is worth exploring. Yeah. I think like uh, kind of piggybacking
1: off what you said, uh, bringing it into the church Almost implies that this is a, a sanction. Sig- a, yeah, it's a sanction, but but also culturally significant event that we need to make sure. Um, I think the the, mm. the primary area is you know we don't want to ignore the fact that our memberships are out there consuming this content. They are, um, and you know just just doing our part to make sure that they're disseminating that and understanding you know right um, like truth from error. You know, I guess would be the right way to put it, um, and it's hard to do that without bringing the content in somewhat. But as far as an evangelistic opportunity, absolutely. Um, but I don't know, uh, having beer commercials played during a church event is a little, a little, a little weird for me. A little hard to explain, <laughs> right? right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: So those of you who watched it, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up right there. Those of you who watched it, we're gonna encourage you to. Uh, to you know, go on YouTube and watch, rewatch some of these commercials that we were talking about, and uh, use them as as conversation starters in your workplaces, uh, with your families, and. Um, find ways to uh, really talk about what does it mean to put the focus on yourself Mm -hmm. versus what does it mean to find yourself through Christ. I think it would be a good way to start conversation. So thank you so much, Cole. Thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for listening on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you next time on the Neon Fish Podcast.